Sports Talk with no commercials. Unless you want to drop a donation. Now, listen to the Dan and Peter Show right here on SoundCloud. Thank you for tuning in to the Dan and Peter Show. Peter, I think he might have ended up on that Malaysian Airlines flight. I haven't seen him in a while. But then I got a text from the other day. He's okay. He wants to try to come on Tuesday and do a show. So hopefully we'll be together again. For now, you got me. Dan Borello here on SoundCloud. Thank you for joining the Dan and Peter Show. I haven't talked to you in a while. I want to talk about college basketball. Conference tournament week. Very exciting. Gets everybody ramped up for the tournament. It's a sport nobody has any incentive to watch unless you're in college basketball pockets like Syracuse or North Carolina or the Midwest like Kansas or in Michigan. You got to be in college basketball pockets to be a big college basketball guy. The rest of the country catches on about maybe this week. And they'll scream and bitch when their team doesn't get into the NCAA tournament. And there's a reason for that. Because now they have no reason to watch the NCAA tournament because they're not fans of basketball. You see, you got over 360 different Division I programs fighting for 68 spots. used to just be 64. In fact, it used to be 32 or even less. But they expanded. I thought 64 was the perfect number because it's about maybe – a fifth or sixth of all the college basketball teams out there. They added six, four more teams, made it 68. They made it 65 one year and then playing games. Now it's 68. Okay, great. You got that Tuesday night that nobody cares about with all those playing games scattered in to get to the 64. The tournament really starts next Thursday. And there's games in Buffalo, and I know people in Buffalo are just realizing that now because, oh, the Sabres. Sabres, Sabres, Bill Sabres, Bill, Bill Sabres, Sabres, Bill Sabres. Oh, college basketball is coming to town. Oh, let's get tickets. Because they're not college basketball fans, even though you have Niagara and you have St. Bonaventure and you have Canisius and you have UB. You have D1 programs in your own backyard nobody cares about because they can't win. They haven't built any reputations. Now in Buffalo, hockey, 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 you can have it. It's the most expensive sport there is. Keep it. Don't want it. But the rest of the parts in Rochester... Yeah, hockey's big, but football and basketball and baseball are the most important sports. And college basketball is followed here because there's a huge following with Syracuse basketball fans. And if you followed this team throughout the year, you've known that Syracuse did pretty well, went undefeated, and then had went on a schneid, and only won two of their last six. Joe Lenardi is the bracketologist over at ESPN. He calls himself a bracketologist because he pretty much pegs who gets into the tournament. He's not really accurate on seedings so much. I mean, they'll give him a pass on that. As long as he gets the 64 or 68 teams in the tournament correct, they'll say, man, Joe Lenardi never misses. There was one year where he missed seven, but that's still pretty good. Still pretty good. And when he misses teams in the tournament, all of a sudden everybody yells at the tournament committee president, like Jim Nance, and goes off on a tangent about the guy. To his face, well, to a screen. They're via satellite, but here's my thing. You want to make the tournament? I got an idea. How about win? You want to make the tournament? How about win the games you're supposed to win? You want to make the tournament? Win your conference championship. You want to win the tur- make the tournament? How about win your conference tournament? It's real simple. I hate when people get all hopped up about bracketology because it's 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 trying to it's college basketball trying to get people interested in the tournament before the tournament starts. It's like the NFL draft for college basketball fans. Will my team get in? Well, okay. If you're on the bubble, yeah, you should be concerned. If you're a team like Syracuse, you know you're getting in. And if you don't like your seed, 
tough crap. Win. Win. If you're the best team in college basketball or a Final Four caliber team, keep on winning. There's no, there's, there's no math to it. There's no magic to it. I hate this, my team not getting any respect. If you're one of those idiot fans who goes out there and says, my team isn't getting any respect because they're a four seed, they should be a two seed. You got everybody right where you want them. And I know there's an argument, hey, you could be a one, a two, or a three, but you don't want to be a four or under. You don't want to be one of those. Win. It's called the NCAA tournament for a reason. You keep winning, you keep going. When you lose, your season ends. And I know that it's not about the records. It's about who's playing well and when you play them. But that's why you need to, if you're going to pace yourself throughout the season, you got to win your non-conference games, split on the road in your conference, win all your conference home games, and then have a decent showing in the tournament. You want to advance? Win. You think you're good? Win. Because, as Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. And your ranking at the end of the season is mostly determined, yeah, by votes, but by where you finished in the NCAA tournament. And if you didn't do well, then you're not going to finish very highly. Very high, I should say. And if you, so anytime, let me give you three rules. Let me give you three rules on how to observe the, the NCAA tournament. Number one. You are what your record says you are. Take your seed and shut up. All right? If Syracuse ends up being a five, they're a five. If they're a one, good for them. If they're a two, hey, not bad. If they're a three, cool. If they're a four, five, six, seven, whatever, well, shouldn't have lost four of their last six games, especially to Boston College and Georgia Tech at home. Don't cry, Syracuse fans. Win. Because if you win, you could shut everyone up. The year Syracuse won the national championship, they were a three seed. Pretty good. Pretty freaking good. They had everybody right where they wanted them. They weren't a one. They weren't a two. They snuck in there as a three. Had everybody right where they wanted them. Got the perfect seating. Got a couple games in Albany. Went on to the final four. Got Jim Beheim his national championship. Number one rule in the NCAA tournament, you are what your seed says you are. Rule number two, if you don't get in, you don't belong. If anybody ever has to make an argument on why your team is should be in the NCAA tournament, I remember the year Syracuse lost to Drexel in their non-conference games. Again, I talked about this earlier. If you can't win your non-conference games, you don't belong in the tournament if you have a mediocre tournament record. And when I say mediocre, I don't mean 500. I'm talking 20 and 10, one of those types of things. Winning two-thirds of your games is not good enough if you can't win at home and you can't win your non-conference schedule because usually those games are against tomato cans or cupcakes. Pardon the expression, it's just the way it is. If you don't make the tournament, tough crap. You don't belong there. If you have to argue your way into the tournament, you probably don't belong there. If someone has to make an argument for you and you get in, thank the Lord Jesus Christ your team got in. If you're a bubble team whose bubble burst, Tough crap. It could have gone either way for you. You're lucky if you got in, and you deserve not to get in. No bubble team deserves to get into the tournament. They don't. They don't deserve to get into the tournament. 
But by the grace of God, or by the voting of the committee, you got in. Best of luck. That's awesome. Kiss the Blarney Stone and keep on running. That's rule number two. So we already know rule number one. You are what your seed says you are. Rule number two, if you're a bubble team, you don't belong in the tournament as it is. So if you get in, hey, bonus. And rule number three. Rule number three, don't listen to Joe Lenardi. Don't listen to Joe Lenardi. Folks, the tournament's going to be figured out by Sunday. Remember rules one and two? Why do you care? Watch your team play. If they lose, well, pray to God they get in. They don't deserve to get in anyway. Remember rule number two? Rule number three, don't listen to Joe Lenardi. If his bracket doesn't add up with the committee's bracket, tough crap. It's one guy. You don't think the committee's loaded with a bunch of guys just like Joe Lenardi? Oh, but except they played basketball. Oh, except they coached basketball. Oh, except they were involved with a basketball in their hands at some point. They weren't some geek sitting in a closet somewhere looking at percentages and ratings indexes and Hollinger stats. No. And I'm not saying that those things are bad for building a basketball team, but as far as looking back and determining who gets into a tournament where you're invited, it's a privilege to be invited. It's not a right, it's a privilege. I would re- those that those tournaments are strictly put together by a bunch of Joe Lenardis. Only they've been involved with basketball. So if you're listening to Joe Lenardi and you're pissed off that he's got your team out, wait till Sunday. You can't wait 48 more hours? Wait till Sunday. The whole tournament will come together. Wait till Sunday. If you're one of those guys who thinks your turn, your team is in because Joe Lenardi says they're in, wait till Sunday. 48 more hours. Wait till Sunday. Maybe you can use Lenardi to feel better about yourself, but at the end of the day, it comes down to winning during the regular season. Again, you want to get into the tournament? Wipe, your confer- wipe out your non-conference schedule with wins. Win half your home games during the Big East tournament, or I'm sorry, during conference tournament. Win at least half your road games. Win all your home games and have a decent showing in your conference tournament. You'll get in. Those are for the majors. And I know for a fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a fan of a major school. You're not a Creighton fan. You're not a Gonzaga fan. You're not a Wichita State fan. You're not a George Mason fan. You're not a fan of Drayton or any of those other schools. You're probably a Syracuse fan or, in my case, a Michigan fan. I love Michigan and Syracuse both, but if worst case, I don't know who I would root for in a pinch. It happened last year in the Final Four, and I was torn. I legitimately was torn. During the Final Four when Syracuse and Michigan had to play each other. I, I really was. My brother was leaning wholly towards Michigan. Me, I was torn. I really was. It never happened before. But odds are if you're watching college basketball in this area, the Rochester-Buffalo area, odds are you follow a team like Duke or a team like North Carolina or a team like Syracuse or Indiana or one of those schools. You're not following Butler. Want to get into the tournament? Win your non-conference schedule, win your home games, split your road games, and have a halfway decent showing in your conference tournament. Or if you're not one of those teams that I described, win the damn conference tournament. It's an automatic bid. That's why teams get bounced because of the thing called the automatic bid. It's the Regents exam of college basketball. You effed around all year in class, but you passed your Regents with a 65. Guess what? 
you get you get high school credit for it. You get Regents credit for it and credit towards a Regents diploma in New York State. I think the same thing goes in California. You can screw around all year, but if you get to the exam and you pass the exam, congratulations. You get credit for that class. You pass the class, and there's not a damn thing the teacher you hate who hates you can do about it. Conference tournaments, you win, you're in. You get that automatic bid. And that's where the apple, car, apple carts get upset. That's why you need to, as I said before, this isn't, this isn't rocket science here. You want to get into the tournament? Win your non-conference schedule. All right, you good? All right, okay, great. All right, you writing this down? Good, okay. Win your home game, Syracuse. Okay, right, good, got that, all right. Try to split on the road because nobody in college basketball wins on the road and have a halfway decent showing in your conference tournament. If you didn't do the first part, win your conference tournament and you won't have anything to worry about. Now, let's say you're one of those teams that's in. Don't bitch about your seed. You are what your seed says you are. Tough luck. Suck it up. Go win. If you get bounced, you didn't belong there in the first place. If you continue to win, you'll impress a lot of people and upset them. And don't go bitching about respect. If you're a team and you want to use that as a motivational factor, fine. But the moment you get bounced proves right there you did not belong in the tournament. Every time you lose in the tournament, it proves you no longer belong here. Get the F out. Don't go to Joe Lenardi for your faith because Joe Lenardi, he's pretty good at what he does, but he doesn't have a vote. ESPN just harvested that guy because he's so good at picking tournaments. And then 2006 happened, and he missed an awful lot. And Jim Nance went off on the tournament director for some of the teams that didn't get in. You know what happened that year? George freaking Mason, as an underdog seed, a 13 seed, got all the way to the Final Four. And what happened? It was the worst Final Four ever. Great tournament, worst Final Four ever. Leave the committee alone. It's a hell of a job. And when you have committees doing things, it makes things worse because there's too many freaking voices in the room. Joel Lenardi, one voice. Yeah, it sounds clean into an ESPN microphone and into an ESPN camera. But I love, my favorite, one of my favorite sports days of the year is the Sunday night they announce the tournament and watch Jim Nance and then eventually Jay Billis and Dick Vitale and, and Seth Davis and all these morons, not Seth Davis, uh, Reese Davis, all these morons go on about, oh, who didn't get in the tournament? Oh, my gosh, Syracuse didn't get in the tournament. I remember one year, I think it was in 2006 or 2007, maybe it was 2007, Syracuse missed the tournament entirely. I watched the tournament show, and I think I convinced myself, wait a minute, I must have missed Syracuse getting in. No, 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 they were left out. They were left out completely. Well, how did that happen? They couldn't win or sweep their non-conference schedule They lost home games to conference opponents. They did poorly on the road, and they crapped it up in the Big East tournament. When you leave it to the committee, good luck. When you put it in the committee's hands, best wishes. I don't want to hear anybody crying Monday morning. And believe me, I'm going to have a blast watching Dick Vitale go off like a siren. He does it every year. And Jay Billis, because Jay Billis, is the, he's the snob, the Duke-educated man of the NCAA basketball tournament. I know how, I love how ESPN is trying to turn him into some folk hero with this, uh, I don't even know what they're doing, those stupid commercials where he dresses five different people. Gosh, Jay Billis is such a freaking snob. You can tell he's from Duke. I know a guy who actually knows college basketball better than 
Jay Billis, actually. In fact, I watched that guy go toe-to-toe with Jay Billis, and Billis, in his snobby attitude, went back at this guy, and everything this guy said was going to happen actually happened back in 2004. And everything Jay Billis said fell apart. Because all these college basketball analysts like Dick Vitale and Jay Billis, they all have, let's put it this way, they all have bias. And they're biased towards the fact that college basketball is one of the most incestuous incestuous sports ever. Because they all know the coaches. Coaches have been around forever. So these guys rub elbows with these guys and they kiss up to these guys and they feel if they speak out of turn about these guys, those guys will immediately close the door on them. And they do. Because these guys have huge egos. They're the only person. In fact, they're the most important people at their respective universities. Roy Williams in North Carolina. Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. Jim Beheim at Syracuse. Used to be Bobby Knight over at Indiana. Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Those are the most important guys at their schools. Not the professors who are teaching future doctors and heart surgeons of America. No, no, no. The head basketball coach. Same thing in college football. Nick Saban's the most important guy on the campus of Alabama. Don't kid yourself who the mayor of Tuscaloosa is. It's him. So when your ego's that big and you own a town like Syracuse, you're going to have a lot of guys trying to kiss up to you. And those guys all work for ESPN. And they all work in Bristol. And they're all going to cry foul if a certain team doesn't get into the tournament. I'm telling you right now, stop crying. It's the Dan and Peter Show. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening. For Peter Monteberno, I'm Dan Borello right here on SoundCloud. It's the Dan and Peter Show also on iTunes.